Hi, I'm Yagub Al-Sirkal and you're watching Anything is Possible. I'm Patrick Sang, global citizen, investor. Join me as I talk with global influencers for their insight, wisdom, and how they overcame their own personal challenges. Sharing positivity, overcoming challenges, creating one world together. I'm Patrick Sang, anything is possible. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Anything is Possible. I have a very good friend, uh, a new business partner, Yogub Asakar. He's the CEO and founder of YAS Investments and he's also running Smart Tech Ventures. Yogub, thank you for joining us. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you okay. for having me. So Yogub, as we were talking offline, um, it's great to learn more about what you're currently doing and some of the stuff we've been sharing about you know, common values and doing more between uh, the UAE, the Middle East region, and, and China. So can you tell us a bit about how you guys have been dealing with the COVID experience? I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting global experience. Uh, obviously, there's uh, a lot uh, um, that, uh, you know, a lot of people did suffer. A lot of people went through uh, hard times, and, and my heart definitely goes uh, to all these people and families who, who, actually, who actually did suffer. And, 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 it, you know, hoping for the best um, to come. It did create opportunities. It is a big change. Um, um, and it required everyone to adapt to it. And I guess uh, um, there are people and entities that were ready to take advantage of those changes. And there were uh, people maybe in entities that weren't quite so ready. I would like to think that we were. And we were lucky, essentially, to be positioned in the right place. and. Um, the right time. So, COVID and the lockdown and the whole experience definitely learned a lot, um, the team and I, um, but it also served somewhat of a catalyst to a lot of things we were doing. Understand. And obviously, in the UAE, in Dubai, where we are right now, um, it's a very inclusive society. Mm -hmm. You welcome everyone from everywhere. There's no, you know, racism, sexism. It's just, you know, whoever wants to come, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, does that, um, do you think that has any bearing as to why UAE has done very well in managing, you know, the shops are open, restaurants are open, business as usual? And do you think the culture has anything to do with how you guys reacted to, to this COVID situation? Yeah, I think, I think it's in the essence of it. I think it's ingrained in the... And the DNA, I mean, the country's always been central one way or the other. Um, there's always been a mixture of trade and tradition, um, and, and it's been a trading hub. So by virtue of trade, there's been a lot of people historically that, uh, that uh, either passed through um, the country, um, well, the Emirates at the time, uh, even before, uh, you know, the formation of the United Arab Emirates. So it's pretty much ingrained in the DNA. Uh, but I think uh, also something not to be taken for granted is that the leadership we have has have literally taken it um, to the next level. Um, I'd like to say our leaders are an expression of what the society is, sure. um, as well as leading it to the next um, um, level and stage. So it's, it's a combination of things, really. Uh, geography, geographical lo location as well, helps a lot. Um, very impressive infrastructure, I'm sure you would agree. Absolutely. Um, uh, rule of law, just, uh, and, and then no discrimination. There's, there's um, 
anyone can come and, and have a dream over here and, and achieve something um, from it. So, so I, I would agree with your statement. I mean, I, I think we were talking offline that, you know, we're, we're trying to set up a company in, in the region because there's a lot of opportunity actually because of COVID, like you say, opportunities, because I think everyone in the world is here right now. Most of the UK, Europe are here because it's, you know, it's pro-business, it's great weather. I mean, the thing I would, you know, talk about always is um, there's two sides to every story, right? And okay, it's a very good hub in terms of the time zone and the weather. Time zone, because it's so convenient, is actually, for me, is actually a bad thing because everyone can call me from Hong Kong, from America, and you actually don't get to rest. Um, but let's talk about, before we talk about your career and business, let's talk about your childhood. So tell us a bit about your childhood. Was it a, an easy one? Was it a tough one? Were you happy? Lucky, very happy childhood. I think, uh, you know, loving parents is something that, uh, that I was blessed with. And that's, I guess, uh, at the core of it, um, you know, very important to have a loving home. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's how I grew up. Uh, very stable, one school uh, from kindergarten all the way to high mm. school. Um, same set of friends, lucky to still have those friends mm. from KG. Mm. Um, so that's, uh, that's a little bit of my childhood. I was pretty much into sports as well mm. um, as uh, being academically lucky um, at the same time. So, so I had a great time. Excellent. Yeah. And then what about your, your parents? Did they have any like, expectations of you? Hi, high <laughs> expectations. Uh, and I thank them for that. Uh, uh, they believed in me, they always believed in me, they always pushed me. Um, so I remember coming back home, uh, getting, for example, 94% in the exam and very happy about it. And uh, very gently, my dad would be like, uh, why isn't it 100? <laughs> so always pushed uh, in that sense. Uh, I would say uh, also given um, the flexibility to choose um, my hobbies, uh, my interests. So I think it, it was well balanced um, in that sense. And, to be honest, most of the credit goes to them. They provided a, an amazing, amazing um, platform, let's say, in, in the house. Um, my mom always pushed me to go and see how my dad uh, has been working. And I went and I traveled with him as a kid, even uh, across uh, mostly Asia, Europe. Uh, he, he was in, in, in football. Um, so big, big contribution to, to whatever I'm doing right now. And I, I do see myself somewhat as a continuation of that. I understand. And obviously now you're in investments and finance. Yeah. Um, how did you, like, when did you know and, you know, how did you get into finance? Yeah. Um, so I graduated top of my class uh, in school. And uh, hence, uh, I did not know exactly what I, what I was passionate about. I thought about becoming a doctor. I thought about uh, uh, other things as well. And I quickly decided to become a mechanical engineer. Uh, I just thought it would be cool. Uh, <laughs> it sounded really nice and uh, very smart. Uh, honestly, I did not uh, uh, think about it, uh, you know, kind of very deeply. But I did, I did do mechanical engineering for around three years. I did a year and a half uh, over here in the American University of Sharjah, which is a very, very strong university. Uh, then I, uh, uh, thankfully, um, because I do love that country, I, I traveled to Australia um, and I went to the University of Queensland to, to do another year and a half of, of mechanical engineering. But I woke up one day and, and I just realized that I was not doing something um, that I liked. I just uh, did it because I thought it would be a smart thing to do and, 
And then uh, I just uh, decided that, hey, you know, what do I like? I thought back, I like business, I like exploring business, I like, you know, scaling up, I, li I like thinking about these things. So I, I opted for finance and marketing. Um, started from scratch again, so, um, you know, it's never too late, I guess, is a lesson for myself. Mm. Um, and, uh, and from there on, just uh, went back to Dubai, started with Deutsche Bank. Um, a little bit of an opportunity opening, but also I realized that investment banking was something uh, that I wanted to try out. So a little bit of luck, but, uh, but you know, some thinking as well and some planning behind that. So we, sh we share a lot of um, similarities, Yagub. I think one is I, I, I was like you and, you know, I, I, I was academically quite able um, to like nerdy, I guess is, is probably the word to say. And, and then um, I opted to do law. And once I studied law, I then realized I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I think one of the takeaways that you just mentioned in this is that, you know, every decision could be a good one or a bad one. And you only really know once you look back, is it a good or a bad one, right? And I think, um, but more importantly, from my perspective, is you need to make a decision. Absolutely. And if you've made a wrong decision today, make the right one the wrong to you know, write the wrong decision. So, I think sometimes it takes a lot of courage mm -hmm. to say mechanical engineering is not for me. I need to do something different. So, and then the second point I wanted to also say is because we are like global citizens, uh, most of the people we've interviewed on the show are global citizens. Um, everyone in the UAE is a global citizen. They travel from afar. Um, how important do you think it's the travel? that you went to Australia and other places. How important do you think that is for young people? Maybe just to get, go back and, and comment on, on right and wrong decision. Yes, I believe um, even seemingly wrong decisions make, make you into who you are. Absolutely. And then eventually lead you to, to the right decisions. Um, so, so Please expand on that. Always, yeah, always, I mean, you know, always learning uh, from, from what you do. And I think adapting uh, right now and making uh, uh, you know, decisions about changing uh, when it comes to career. I think it's a natural uh, thing of the day. Uh, you've got uh, disruptions happening uh, all over, people having um, interest into <coughs> reskilling and, and learning those new skills. Uh, but everything, um, everything um, adds up somehow, I think. Sure. Um, but back to your question about um, being a global citizen. I agree. Uh, I think, uh, in my case specifically, I think honestly, Dubai and the UAE already nurtured me and, and, and the rest of the population mm. um, to be global, um, accepting, um, and, and we got used to mixing people uh, with you know like-minded people and, and just people from all over the world. So so you know it was again ingrained uh, in us. But of course, uh, traveling um, overseas, studying in Australia, having traveled with my father um, to different countries before that, and then having worked in the US, in Europe, um, Russia, Kazakhstan, <laughs> Singapore, so it definitely did help in, in terms of nurturing all of that. So Yagub, we were talking offline earlier, which I want to bring out in this interview, um, is, um, you know, I guess, you know, physical and mental well-being. Mm. So I was just mentioning that sleep is very important, and you were also mentioning about meditation. Mm. Tell us about your sort of like, daily routine, how do you get fit? We're talking about going to the gym. You know, what's your advice on, you know, how to live to be most efficient and healthy? I mean, I, you know, you have the, those periods when you're in it and you're living healthy, and then those periods when you're out of it and, and trying to get in it. 
So I guess maybe consistency is, is definitely something I always strive for. Um, morning workouts, uh, not even if not really, um, really intense, um, but on a consistent basis. I, I, I have to go back to it. I have to say I'm not working out as much as I would like to. Um, but I think uh, mental uh, focus and mental well-being, emotional well-being is extremely important. Something that helped me out is, um, is meditation. Uh, I picked up uh, meditation six, seven years ago maybe. Uh, experimented here and there, just two minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. And I guess after a while, it just uh, teaches you to separate yourself from your thoughts um, and to be able to calm yourself down. Um, Notice if you're getting anxious, nervous, notice all of these things. And, and that's very, very important um, to be your optimal self um, when it matters. And um, I think it's, it's important also to watch what you're eating. Um, just realize that you are a body uh, full of chemical reactions and uh, that uh, emotions are actually sometimes separate than reality and, and then if you're in control of, of yourself <clears throat> and that's a good start to, to you know to start um, uh, trying uh, to, to manage uh, other people I would say to, to, to strive uh, to, to, to achieve those goals so it's very important. Understand so I think you're good but I, I think there's one big takeaway from that I think um, you're right it's all about consistency mm -hmm. it's always better just to do five push-ups a day than 50 every week. Yeah. So it's just the consistency. So I, I agree with you there. We had a previous interview with my, one of my role models, John Barnes, one of my favorite footballers. Um, and he was saying that, you know, you have to be ready when the opportunity presents itself. So I also agree with you there. Like if you learn, let's say, martial arts, self-defense, it's not about in 70 years of your life that you have to defend against a robber or something, but it's when the opportunity comes, you're ready. So I guess, you know, you have to be mentally and, and physically well prepared. So it's great advice. So going back to the, to the, the venture side on SparkTech Ventures, mm -hmm. what kind of qualities do you need to be the leader in leading that, you know, um, uh, group? And then what kind of qualities of entrepreneurs are you, are you looking at? Well, first of all, it's, it's uh, teamwork. I'm very proud to, to be working with, uh, with my colleagues uh, on SparkTech. It's Amr Fatayer, Satyam. Ragmi, Deviat, and, and Rami and the team, very inspiring individuals. Um, and I guess it's uh, basically setting the right structure, setting the right uh, governance, setting the right systems, starting from the right criteria, but most importantly, um, you know, being in sync as people, uh, trusting each other. Um, you mentioned that at the beginning of the interview, and I 100% agree. Uh, just having people you trust around, uh, people you feel good around, people you can learn from. Um, there's a diversity in the thinking within the team, which gives us, um, I would like to think, um, a good edge, um, given the different backgrounds in the team. Uh, that does create different opinions as well when it comes to discussing transactions and different opinions. Uh, you know, some of us came from traditional private equity infrastructure more more towards that and and some of us uh, just are you know early stage um, enthusiasts and more than that experts to be frank mm. um, and I think uh, all of those components including the incentives just help to create a, a very well-rounded rounded team so um, just uh, shoulder to shoulder shield to shield as we say 
And uh, there's a nice system governing all of that, driven by a very uh, concise and focused uh, criteria. So that's a, a good portion to have. Super. So startups, what are the, um, you know, how, what, 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 what is needed in a startup to become successful, in your opinion? I'd say a billion dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, have different opinions on that, uh, on that matter. Uh, of course, there's the people, there's the strategy, there's the uh, total addressable market, there's all these components. Uh, but it, what it boils down to, in, in my view, is, is the leaders, um, the founders, um, and their integrity, um, their willingness um, to adapt, to listen. Um, because most of the cases, or at least, you know, I think most of the cases, an idea would start in a certain way, and then it would have to be shaped by the market. It's uh, never exactly like when you started. So you need attributes of a team um, that would be able to be um, nimble enough um, to adapt to this ever-changing environment. And you would want to know that this person is pretty much has enough skin in the game to mm. stick around and has high integrity to manage other people's um, money, which is uh, essentially what it is. So it boils down again to the people, integrity, their backgrounds, obviously, and relevance to, to what they're doing. And business plans, I mean, if they're kind of almost there, I guess uh, there's always, uh, in fact, a need to, to, to adapt um, to this um, consistent or constant uh, dynamic situation in, in this new age. Very well said. Thank you. So, Yakub, I understand you know you talk about integrity, the people you trust, and you know personally speaking, when we invest into companies and entrepreneurs, I personally look at two things in entrepreneurs. One is stability, obviously, which is your business plans and all that, the adaptability. But you're right. The second quality is even more important: is the integrity, sure. because if you can trust them, I don't care how much ability they have, you can't work with them, right? But I'm very, very, you know, um, inspired and agree with you totally about. You know, um, you know. I, I, I want to work with people I like. Mm. I want people. I want to work with people I trust. And then also, like you say, I want to learn from people. I always have a curious uh, mind. Um, so I read in the CEO magazine that you talked about you know people that you trust, people that you're comfortable with, um, people you focus on, which is what we've been just talking about. When did that sort of like philosophy or the way you you do things? When did that first um, come to you? Um, it came uh, from the, uh, when I started, I guess, when I jumped and moved from the corporate world to try to do something of my own. Um, initially, uh, the first company, well, it's actually my second company, but the first one where I was fully immersed in, in actually managing it on site. Um, I had several partners, amazing people uh, from another generation, um, different mindsets. Um, um, definitely learned a lot from each and every one um, of them. So I was the CEO and they were and a board member and they were board members as well. Um, but the team at the time was not a team that I put together. Um, and, uh, and then I managed that beautiful team, my family uh, almost. Um, and um, however, uh, I was pushing in certain directions and uh, was not really getting the reactions um, that I was hoping for all the time. Different uh, dynamics, different priorities, different mindsets. And, and I think running that successful company, it's, it's still there and it's doing well, just um, um, taught me the importance of alignment, 
um, and, and everything that's related to that. Um, and trust is a core component of that alignment. Um, so trust, good energy, aligning incentives. I mean, even if you trust uh, uh, the person what you're working with, you need to make sure the, the incentives are done properly. Absolutely. Where everyone is driven, everyone is happy about uh, what they're doing, and everyone wants to give it um, uh, their best. So I guess uh, that first experience uh, taught me what, uh, what to focus on on the second experience. And then... Um I think we were talking about you know you leaving mechanical engineering, you moved into investment banking, and then you morphed into more venture startups. I mean, what advice would you give to your younger self now, which I guess is sort of advice to some of our younger, younger viewers? Um, uh, study more in university, and uh, and relate what you're studying uh, to what you are going to do. Uh, in the future, because it's a continuum. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not just the certificate that you get and then start a new chapter. I mean, it could be, uh, but I think uh, what I would tell my younger self is that, you know, start early, um, learn in university as if you already started your business. Um, and then, well, if you can, um, or if you did not know yet what you wanted to do, and that's okay too. Uh, but at least related to something, related to a, a vision that you want to achieve, even if it changes later, but at least it gives you that driving force and it gives you the ability to connect theory with, with practice. So that's, that's what I would tell my younger self. understand. And uh, in terms of investment, I guess we share something quite similar, which is we're more visionary uh, rather than the person actually going and do the work. Always, we always try to get somebody else to do the work. But, Jokingly aside, what do you think are the qualities needed to be a visionary investor? First of all, uh, they do the real work, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very, very lucky and uh, try to do it, our parts as well. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a system where everyone, it's my job to, to, to strive to become a visionary. Uh, it's, it's a learning process. So. Um, but uh, I, guess, I guess having a vision is very, very important. Um, first of all, um, you need the, the team to believe in you, and if it seems like you don't have a vision, then that's a, it, the ship would not go so far. Um, but more importantly, I think it's uh, just being very impact-driven, um, a higher uh, sense uh, related to the things that you are doing. It makes it fun, uh, and, and it, it really gives the work that you're doing a big driving force. Um, very important to have a vision um, and focus on it. And, and by the way, recalibrate all the time uh, because you have to be flexible as well. Um, achievable visions um, that you recalibrate, visualize them from time to time. Uh, and it's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop. I, I, you know, the, the thing is, Yakub, as, as we talk more, I think there's more and more that we're actually very alike in the way we think. I think one is, I really like the way you keep talking about being nimble and agile. So, you know, one of my role models is uh, Bruce Lee, and he talks about, you know, being water, which is, you just have to be flexible at all times, and especially during this difficult time during COVID. Um, in fact, we've had a very, very successful time because we've just been able to, obviously we had a bit of luck involved as well, but it's about being, you know, staying agile. And like you say, um, you have to keep recalibrating daily, every moment, and take advantage of, um, you know, the, the situation. So where you are today, can you describe to us 
uh, in one sentence, you know, how you got here? I mean, I'm, I hope I'm going somewhere of there course. with it of in course. the future. Of course. Uh, but it's uh, basically making decisions, following what I want to do, calculated decisions, having faith, and uh, taking those uh, leaps. Um, it's never, uh, it's never tidy, I guess, it, in uh, in in my case. Uh, but I, I believe it's how it is, especially in the business world. Um, just aligning that vision mindset that we spoke about and being in control of that mindset um, and, and integrity um, and then good things happen with consistency uh, so um, so I guess that's the mindset I would uh, uh, you know I would uh, I'm thankful for having that got me to a position where I'm lucky to be working with the people I'm working with sure so you know as we were discussing um, offline um, no one has a perfect life, right? We all go up, up and down. And one of the key messages of AIP is overcoming challenges. So, can you tell us a bit about, you know, an example of a major challenge in your life that, you know, hit you very badly? And you know, did you what did you learn from that? Yeah, it's, it's one thing does come to mind, and uh, obviously, all of us as humans face these challenges. And uh, and in retrospect, I guess uh, the one way to overcome those challenges is honestly, again, the mindset and just having um, um, a learning mindset um, and, and, and fighting back rather than giving up, I guess. Uh, those two things helped me out a lot. Uh, yeah, one story was maybe when I moved from uh, the semiconductor industry, so I was in semiconductor M&A. Um, I'm lucky to have worked in Silicon Valley and, and obviously based in Abu Dhabi, uh, excuse me, based in Abu Dhabi, uh, where I learned a lot. Um, um, and then I moved to, after going to the army for, for national service, uh, which I'm honored to have, to have done, uh, moved to, to private equity. It's, it's, it's a high deal flow, high intensity, and uh, constant uh, interaction with the investment committee. And uh, yeah, I remember one time walking into that investment committee with most of the company being uh, there. And honestly, I haven't prepared enough. <laughs> and I got asked a simple question and, and did not know how to answer. And in that very high intense dynamic, I have to say it's very embarrassing in a way. So, uh, so that was, you know, that was kind of a, a failure in my book. Uh, went back, I felt horrible uh, after that. Um, um, went back, regathered my thoughts, and then decided to fight back. And I think I did well in ICs after that. That's great. So, so, so that's a failure I'm th thankful for. And I think I, I'm thankful for all my failures. They're very important. And, and touching upon your you know, time at the National Service, tell us a bit about you know, the good times, bad times during your in the Army. That's, uh, I would call it a magical time. Uh, I was 29. Uh, suddenly, um, there, there was a law, um, one of the best things that ever happened um, in this country, uh, that, uh, that anyone below 30 has to go and, and do the national service. At first, uh, I was confused to how I want to react to it, uh, you know, very ambitious in my career, and I saw the ladder, and I thought this is almost one year out of, uh, Distraction. Out of my life. I thought, I didn't know, I didn't mm. know better. Uh, but and then the things I gained within national service went beyond what anything I expected. Uh, we have a very 
um, strong sense of uh, loyalty to the country in general in the sure. UAE. I'm lucky to be living here mm. and and be part of that uh, you know this beautiful country. Um, but to interact with you know all types of um, um, people from within the United Arab Emirates showed me how much diversity we have um, in a relatively small geography, I would say. Um, so I met uh, people who I consider family. Um, the discipline from the army, it's very similar to investment banking, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but different. And then just a sense of giving back to the country is, uh, sure. is a sense of duty that is very rewarding. Um, so I came out from the other side, um, much uh, wiser, I guess, or uh, you know, with the ability to mix with different people, different sure. aspects of life, different. Uh, uh, and if you've noticed, I never even mentioned weapons uh, at any single point, um, because you know the human experience. Uh, is, is the one that I wanted to focus on. Of course. But it's an honor to be prepared to, to do the service for the country whenever needed. And, and that's something I wear with pride. That's very, very, very interesting. I mean, um, you know, looking at it, it's, I'm sure that you probably, you know, um, forged a lot of lifelong friendships and brothers and sisters in the, from your own country, which is, which is really good to know. In terms of... Um, um, you know, Dubai, UAE, are, you know, is an amazing place. Um, how do you see um, the next five, ten years, especially in light of, I mean, obviously, um, the vision of a total desert. I've been here since 2003, my first time, wow. and, it's, and that was before the Burj Khalifa, the Palm had leaved. Yeah. It was very, very different, mm -hmm. and now it's completely different. It's buzzing. Everybody's here. What do you, what do you see for the next five, ten years? Uh, um, I have strong belief in, in Dubai and the UAE, very strong belief. Uh, and um, it does feel that, uh, that uh, you know, um, something big is happening here. Mm. It feels very exciting. And it's, it's something, uh, I think, a feeling that I share with uh, a lot of like-minded people, being global citizens also. Uh, that have made Dubai their home, and which makes me very happy, um, and they feel it too. So there is something. It's a, if I had to think about it, and of why, uh, I guess the leadership, the infrastructure, rule of law, uh, blessed from God, uh, but also, um, you know, also the events uh, put the country um, under the the test. And, uh, and, and the situation was managed beautifully. Very fortunate to, to have been here um, while the events have been enveloping. And I think all those uh, are coming together and have come together um, to build on the success that the country has already uh, achieved. Um, so I, I honestly feel that there is something big uh, brewing here. Yes, absolutely. I think the, the vision is... Uh um, extremely unique um, and um, has been, you know, obviously very, very, very successful, uh, respected by people all over the world. That's why we're, you know, everyone comes here and, you know, it's a very safe environment for everyone, including children. And, you know, there's a min winning mentality, right? So what do you think is needed to, to have a winning mentality? To have a learning attitude. Um, learn from um, and, and being humble. I think uh, not being humble is, is a bad 
uh, a bad decision for, for when it comes to winning. Uh, because you need to humble yourself, um, not let any sort of successes get to you. Uh, just you know, remember who you are, just a simple human being that is learning constantly and uh, being positive. That's, that's the way I think. I hope it continues uh, mm. to, to bring successes. So we're both um, you know, nerds. Yeah. We like, uh, I, I like reading books, I'm sure you do. Um, I'm a big movie fan as well. Are there any books or movies that, have, that you like that have inspired you that you would like to share with the audience? Mm. Not necessarily your favorite movie, but something that inspires you. I can list them. I mean, movies I like Limitless, uh, yeah. the recent ones. Uh, I like uh, Inception mm. and uh, uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. Interstellar specifically. I had an interest uh, in, in uh, just, just reading and getting to know, so I'm not an expert by any means. But in, in physics and quantum physics and <laughs> space, at one point, mm. I read a lot and, and then I saw uh, a lot of theories getting translated beautifully in a piece of art, which is interstellar. It's just amazing, mind-boggling to try to, you know, to how their, you know, relativity and time has been translated into an image and, and mm. something you touch and feel. And in terms of books, yes, um, I, I, I have phases of, of certain topics that, I'm, um, that I get into and read several books on those topics and then I move to another mm. one on the side, but um, if there was a book that comes to mind, I would say, all right, read Mistborn. It's a, it's a, I don't read fantasy uh, mm. novels. Uh, in fact, maybe I read two, <laughs> but uh, Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. Um, you know, just for fun, I think okay. it's a really nice book. I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, in, in the past, uh, Yacoub, I, I, I usually like you, I, I guess most business people like this, we never really read novels because we think it's yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. We want to learn something, right? So you want to read leadership, Correct. management, business, and all that. But I guess once you read so much of these kind of things, the lessons are more and more or less the same. <laughs> and sometimes the novels are good because it, it actually takes your mind away from the everyday war that we have in life. And I think it's a good thing to, to relax and not do that. But even then, it's, it's a struggle for me because it's just, not enough time in one day. I, I read a few novels, and you know, and mostly it was practical books, similar <laughs> exactly. to, similar you to know? what you're talking. Yeah. But uh, hey, those are important. Literature is important. Absolutely, it gives you this um, other, you know, other dimensions, I guess. And it's important for me, at least, and I think it is important to, to make life colorful. Um, you know, if you do one thing and then you read about it all the time. I mean, maybe it is a good thing for, for a lot of people and specializing mm. is something mm. that, that's very important. Mm. I don't want to. So my personal taste is, um, is to, to basically have different lives um, on top of my professional life. So I took on languages as well. Mm. Um, so what languages do you speak now? I speak uh, half Russian and I speak Hebrew. Hebrew, okay, great. Uh, and now, I, now you guys have a lot of um, Israeli visitors to yes. the UAE, right? Which is, I think is a very inspiring and humbling because it uh, should have been a long, done a long time ago. We're all you know, human beings and should welcome everybody. It's exciting to see actual good people connect and uh, understand each other. And uh, from my perspective, I mean, uh, you know, for focusing on the, on the personal aspect and understanding, and you're a global citizen and a lot of people are in this world, um, just understand that we are, we're all the same yes. and, and we have the same wants and needs and, 
and uh, just people getting to know each other, I think, is always a good thing. So very excited about what's happening. Which is, you know, one of the, the, the spirit of AIP is creating one world together, which is, you know, we should all accept who we are, respect the culture of different people. And the reason why we're doing the show is actually to send this message because, you know, recently in the last year or two, the world's become so polarized that we can't even sit down and have a conversation to disagree. It's okay to disagree. But it's, it's become just um, very negative when we have different opinions. And we need different opinions and conversations and um, dialogue in order to improve and get better. Because it's always about miscommunication. Absolutely correct. You know? Absolutely agree with you, Hart. So you're good, but I also understand that um, you were once a bodybuilding champion at your school. Tell us about your hobbies and you know what did you do? Yeah, I mean, bodybuilding. So. Um, so I used to be in the football team uh, in high school, before high yeah. school. Maybe. What position did you play? Uh, defender. Defender. Right. Okay. Yeah. So boring. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Pretty, <laughs> pretty. Uh, <laughs> I, I would agree that's a perception. <laughs> but I ran a lot, and okay, I, you good. know, did put a lot of effort. So yeah, some appreciate that. Yeah, position. Sure, of course. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and then I, I stumbled on bodybuilding. Um, did it for fun. Never thought about competing at any point. I was 12 at the time. Whoa. And okay. uh, and uh, and then it just became a passion. I kept pushing. I kept mm. going to the gym every day, mm -hmm. and I couldn't stop. Sure. Um, and then I remember stopping for for a month, going back to the gym, and, and my coach suddenly surprises me with a competition in two weeks' time. Okay. And he was very <laughs> adamant about it, and he really thought I should participate. By what age were you then? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. 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 So as I prepared for it, uh, it wasn't easy. It was an interesting experience. So we flushed out all of the carbs from the body wow. and then reloaded and at 16. Um, and, and I went and I won. I, I got the, the school championship, the UAE school championship. Wow. So definitely happy about it till this day. It's sure. a, it's okay. a nice uh, little... And then how far did you keep going? Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. And then, so, so why did you stop? Uh, to be frank with you, uh, so up to the uh, grade nine, uh, I was coming in first on my class, and then suddenly, I think grade ten and eleven, I relaxed a little bit, mm. and then my dad told me, um, if you don't, you know, get get the first position, then you're not getting a car. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know, right. I just decided to really focus on my studies uh, the last year because I really, really wanted that car. I understand. Okay, so we'll talk about uh, the, about your business. So. Uh, YAS Investments, which is YAS Investments, and also SmartTech. Tell us a bit more about the, the business side there. Yeah, sure. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of context. So, sure. so basically, uh, I started with investment banking and then asset management where I raised capitals for a little bit. Um, and then I did semiconductor M&A um, um, and then private equity in, in different geographies. Um, and then I suddenly started, uh, you know, decided uh, that I have enough leadership skills at this point, and I wanted to try my luck out. And my kids were much, much younger. Uh, I've got a five-year-old, uh, excuse me, I've got a uh, almost six-year-old and a, and a three-year-old. Um, and I thought that's the time to take a chance. Um, tax was starting um, or being implemented, VAT, and I thought, hey, let's try out managing a company and grabbing market share. Um, and uh, that's where I based myself back in Dubai, but I always had um, YAS Investments in mind uh, as an investment platform, but that's the stepping stone that I found at the time. And I wanted to try out operations, to be frank with you. I've always been in investments and I've always wondered 
what it would be to, to manage and scale a company. So I got a taste of that, did it for a couple of years. Um, but then I found while doing that that I've, been, uh, that I've noticed um, opportunities, let's call them, in terms of um, um, needed expertise within the region, looking at, for example, different families and very respected and old family groups in the region, maybe you know, in need of more institutionalization and, um, and expertise in terms of um, negotiating those private transactions, especially with, uh, with the disruption. And, and we can go a little bit deeper, but, uh, but one year into um, uh, running the, uh, the tax advisory firm, and we had tech development there sure. as well, just a little bit. Um, I set up um, YAS Investments and uh, met a wonderful individual, uh, my partner, Satyam uh, Regmi, uh, where, you know, like-minded, we vibrated, we oscillated on the same vibration, I guess, <laughs> and same morals, same ambition, same uh, vision, and, and I thought, um, let's do this. So, so went into it, um, started from an advisory perspective, rolled up our sleeves, started to advise startups around, and honestly, for the passion, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, it still is. And from there, I guess uh, we branched out. We, we, we saw other opportunities. Um, we, we did raise capital and expand um, at least one startup to other geographies and, and saw that cycle. And then we decided um, uh, to, to start a, or set up a VC fund, uh, very convinced with a certain strategy uh, that we have in mind. And today we've invested in four and got an approval to invest in, in, in another two, so we're focused on disruptive um, tech. And then from there, I guess, every step of the way, um, you know, being, uh, trying to be nimble, trying to be focused, yet um, ready for, for the next opportunity, um, started to work with, um, with the family uh, group, um, so relatives of mine, um, and then started to work with other families as well, um, helping out with asset allocation, helping out with um, strategy. Um, so the platforms developed after that, and, and today we have three platforms. Um, first is a family-oriented platform, where we're, we're replicating the work we did with, with other families in the region. Um, we've got an advisory platform where, where we run M&A transactions, and we've mm. got a funds platform um, where we have um, Spartec Ventures. And uh, very exciting that we've been also deploying in venture debt um, since uh, early last year, mm. uh, quite early, I would say. Uh, in the MENA region. We did, we did our first deal around eight months ago and, uh, and about to execute on the second one. So that's a little story about how YAS Investments formed. Understand. Yagub, principles and ethics, um, what do you live by and how do you uphold them? Transparency, just uh, being yourself, wanting for others what you want for yourself and, uh, and being positive. First things that come to mind, honestly. Perfect answer. I think um, that you know resonates with myself. I'm sure it res resonates with everybody. Um, but you know, the, the personal challenge and struggle for everyone is it's sometimes not easy to follow what you just say. It's a constant you know push towards that. And does religion and spirituality? Um, how important are they to you? And how do you live with that? I have, I have faith. I, um, I think it's, uh, for me personally, it's very important. Um, I do respect um, and also kind of 
um, that, that different people have different mm. opinions, sure. different faiths, but I think faith in general is, is something that is um, uh, beautiful. It has the potential to, to be, um, to go astray, I guess, uh, but that goes back to your principles and, and how you translate uh, the faith and that basically is a reflection of how you're brought up and society as a whole and then uh, the socioeconomic situation. It's a very complex um, um, thing but, uh, but I think uh, faith in a higher power is very important and uh, well, to me, to me, um, it's very important um, and uh, it's just uh, comforting. It's, 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 um, uh, it's important for me. Yeah, good. What about uh, role models? Is there any role models or mentors that you've had in your life? My dad is, is at the top there, uh, definitely. So, so Yas Investments, uh, it's, it's Yusuf Al-Sarkal, basically. So it's, uh, it could be my name as well, but it, it's, I decided to make it uh, my dad's name. It's, uh, it's my hero, a great role model, taught me in terms of principles most of, um, most of uh, what I know today. And then globally, I mean, I, I respect success and I love success and I love to see people succeed in general. And I love to learn from what they've done. I like, uh, I don't know, particularly like uh, Jeff Bezos, maybe. It's just uh, the story of Amazon is a, very, is, a very, is, a, is a story that I admire and I really like. Uh, but again, that goes to, to all successful people's, people and leaders that are changing the world and making it uh, into a better place. Absolutely. So um, success, uh, we keep talking about success, we hear about success. And in my opinion, I think everyone's definition of success is very different. Um, what's your definition? How do you try to you know, get to that point? Uh, success is having uh, a, a happy family and happy children and good health and, um, and having work to do and having uh, food to eat. Uh, and being able to, to have a hobby. I guess if you have that, then that's already success. Everything else is, uh, is, is exciting, trying to impact the world. Um, whatever you do, you leave a dent somehow uh, while trying to do it. But I think, uh, I think yeah, I think that's already success. Um, have, and, and, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm very, very um, honored to hear that because I think that's exactly what you know, I, I would say as well. I think it's um, people talk about money or career and so on. That I mean, that's important to certain extents. But I keep talking about that. You know, money can't buy love, health, happiness. I guess it helps a little bit, but it can't buy these things. And I think I think even more important than even family is your health, because if you don't have health, there is no family, right? Sure. So, but you know, obviously in this modern age, we try to we forget and we underappreciate what we have and uh, you know we need to do more in that respect and just Absolutely. be more grateful. Absolutely. Right? Um, what about luck? Do you believe in luck? Honestly, yes. Hmm. Uh, you, you see it at work. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's uh, your brain connecting things and seeing patterns and things uh, that, that don't exist. I personally do believe in luck. Uh, and uh, believe uh, in the necessity of, of trying to read the situation and, and realize when you are lucky and then make the most out of it. And um, success, going back to success again, what do you think is the single most important factor in 
one success. Perseverance and keep uh, going at it. You have good days, you have bad days. Just remember that you're alive and, and, and standing um, and then keep going for it. Key takeaway, per perseverance. Um, life ethos, what's your life ethos? Try to benefit the world, try to help with uh, education and spreading positivity, uh, similar to, to you, Patrick, and, and you're, you're doing this amazing show. Um, however way uh, I can do it, uh, uh, whether it's within my micro family and, and just raising my kids properly, or with more abilities, then, then the circumference just increases, and, and that would be awesome to, to do good in the world. That's a really great life ethos, um, Yagub. Legacy, how, how would you like to pass on your, your and your family's legacy? Just uh, being honest, I guess, is the, uh, it's a very important thing in our community, in, in our society. Uh, our family definitely cares about that a lot also, and I do myself. So just uh, making the best impressions on people, and, uh, and, and, and being honest, being known to, be, uh, to have a good reputation, I guess. This is the most important thing. Um, and then uh, whatever we can achieve, we achieve on top of that. Excellent. So what's the next big thing for you? Well, uh, we're quite busy right now <laughs> <laughs> with the things we're doing. So, uh, so just uh, stabilizing and, and, and growing the platform, I guess, in 20... Uh, 21 is something that uh, we will try to do. Um, we're already investing in impactful things. We invested in Edutech, for example, through Spartech, let's say. Um, we invested in HealthTech, and we're putting together several companies and trying to do some of what you personally have done as well in terms of um, thinking about you know, creating a system out of those and, and, and then adding to the, to the region. Um, to the well-being well of, of, uh, of these people. So hoping that those investment activities actually translate into something that is impactful and benefits the world. Yeah, the impact stuff I'm very, very um, interested to talk about you later because it's something that we should all be doing more, sustainability and, and social and positive impact. So on Anything is Possible, um, Yagub, um, we try to share positivity. Two is to overcome challenges, and three is to create one world together. Um, Yakub Asukal, the last question always is, please share your number one advice to our audience, especially our younger viewers. Just learn and be positive. I have to take it from you and, and, and give it back in the interview. Just learn, be positive. Um, um, things that happen do not inherently have labels to them. You put labels on these things, and this is how you define your reality. So empowerment, being empowered to define that reality and realizing that you have the power to do so, I guess is the advice uh, uh, I want to give. And maybe in, 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 a, in, a, in a context of one day, yes, it will make you feel better, but in the context of having that mindset consistently and over long periods, I think this adds up really nicely and just, um, let's say, um, makes the decision-making process move towards the more positive for your life. So stay positive, keep trying, um, embrace your failures, learn from them, and then get up and keep trying again. 
Great advice, Jagub. Once again, thank you very much for coming and joining us. And um, hopefully everyone will you know, get a lot of takeaways from you. Uh, it's very practical, very honored and humbled to have you here. And you know, we'll hope to see you very soon. Thanks for the opportunity. This, is, uh, this was fun. Thank you, Jagub.